Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. All right, come on, let's clap our hands for Jesus. That's awesome. That's great. You can be seated. Goodness gracious. You know, I'm, I'm, my wife is uh, Cajun. I'll show you a picture of our family here in a second. I'm Italian. And so uh, I got that feeling, man, let's just sit down here on the floor and just enjoy ourselves, get some food, just have lunch together. And because uh, it just feels like family. I really feel like family uh, being here, being a part of this great church and uh, just love your pastor's and uh, I'm just so grateful just walking around and sensing everything that's happening here uh, in this great space and then you being here. And so it's such an honor uh, to be able to be here on a two-year birthday. I like a party. Come on, somebody. Uh, I just love me a party. And uh, I know we've got great things afterwards and all the neat things where you can get connected and be a part of what God has done here at SoZo. And I was thinking about this, uh, Pastor Jason. Uh, I've known uh, about this church even way beyond our launch two years ago. And so I can remember, I think we were on a trip. Uh, Jason has always been, he and Jennifer have always been incredible leaders. Uh, always the real deal. Always love God. Uh, integrity, influence, just the real deal. As long as I've known them. Uh, now, there were a few early days in Jason's life while he was developing his witness for the Lord that we won't bring up right now because I have some stories. I will be standing in the foyer sharing them with you afterwards and so it has nothing to do with getting arrested but anyway we will talk about those things but uh, Jason was there but you know just being a part of the church seeing him come to Christ and serving as students and then really helping to lead our church I mean immediately as a, at a young age just launched into saw it in his life saw it in Jennifer's life and just immediately jumped in to help leading our church and and I think we were on a trip and I just said what do you think the future looks like about probably eight or nine years ago uh, so I want you to think about that eight or nine years ago. Uh, and he said, I, I can see myself planting a church. And I remember talking to him about cities. What cities? And he mentioned a few cities. And out of his mouth, we were maybe sitting on a plane. He said, maybe San Francisco. And I felt right then. I said, man, I think that's it. And over the journey of, of that uh, being developed, there were times where we, we would talk about uh, what if and, 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 and a dream about a people coming together and, a, and being able to serve a, a, a community and coming in and loving a people. And so often we would maybe mention another city. Uh, but it would always go back to San Francisco. It would always go back to right here. And even right before they were to move, we, you know, there were some other things that popped up. And what about this? And I kept going back. Uh, uh, Jason, do you remember that conversation we had? I can't shake it. And, and I'm just so grateful that you and Jennifer obeyed God. you got a great team here. We love you. We honor you. You are the real deal. And I'm grateful for all these years. You've been the same. And, and you just keep getting better. Can we clap our hands for our pastors? And come on, show your love for your pastors. Just so grateful for them. And it's such a great team here. I've got so many friends here, people I've done life with for a long time. I am old, I'm telling you right now. Brother is old up on stage right now. Hardly could make it up the steps right there. I am 55. The other day somebody stopped me and said, 55 is a new 35. No, it's not. 
55 is 55. I'm glad to be 55. I am wise. I will say what I want and I will go to bed when I want. You get that privilege when you become a senior in your life. And so I'm enjoying it. I don't want to be younger. Love my age right now. And so uh, it's just great to be here and love what God is doing and, and just so honored. You got such a great, the worship and was up at the kids space. Incredible. And just, uh, I'm going to tell you, just the, I'm grateful for not only a, a church, the way that you've served people, the way that you've uh, been generous. You can see that in that highlight uh, or, or those two-year anniversary video, how you've served this city, how you've served people, which I think is so important. I love what happens in the church, but I really love what happens from the church. And so I'm, I'm grateful that Sozo has a heart for our community and loves people uh, regardless of, of their their, their uh, backgrounds or situations. Just love people, love people, love people for the cause of Jesus Christ. That's the heartbeat uh, of this church. And, and I'm just grateful you walk around and you see that and then I'll also love it. I'm grateful too uh, I, don't, I was not raised in church uh, we were not church going people we, I, I don't ever remember one Sunday waking up and my family saying get, get dressed for church we're going to church we just didn't go to church we had retail stores and, and we were open on Sunday so we worked the weekend I don't know if you've ever had a weekend job like that so I had we had weekend jobs my parents worked the weekends and church was just not a part of our life and so the church uh, came to us they did an outreach they did a serve day they they they, they went outside the walls of the church to share the love of God. And through that, through those steps, uh, it impacted my heart. And it made me realize, because I was, I was skeptic if the church was real. But I realized that there were people that love with no strings attached. And just really for the cause of Christ. And so I showed up at a church when I was 18 years old, didn't know nothing Zero. I mean, I, 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 and it was not in a formal church facility. It was in an old drugstore, and they didn't do any. There was no signage. It was just chairs and a microphone, and 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 barely a stage. And I'd never been in an environment like that. And I'm grateful for a people who th took me through a pathway. And, uh, I got involved with a small group, uh, took some next steps, which you have as a growth track. I don't think I'd be here today if I wouldn't have got involved with a small group and took some steps. And, and they were so kind to bring me through that. Because I was a lot to deal with, I'm telling you right now. I didn't know the handshake or the hoo-hoo. I knew nothing as it related to church. I remember one Sunday night they did a little worship gathering or whatever. They called it like a, a, a victory night. I had no idea what that was. And so they did a victory night. I showed up in church that night. I just wanted to come see it. And it was mostly music. And, and so, and then about midway through the music, a pastor got up and said, Hey, come on, let's shout unto God. Let's everybody shout out loud unto God, which I'd never done that in my life. And come on, just shout something out. Just yell something. I didn't have, I just yelled out, party! That's all I had in my spiritual repertoire. And uh, and my sister was sitting beside me. She leaned, she said, did you yell party? I said, yeah, that's all I had. She said, we'll, we'll do with that in like step 16 of the growth track. But just throw something else out there like, you know, praise the Lord. Let's try that one. And so, and so I'm grateful for a church that loves you where you are. And then we'll help you become all that God has created you to be. So you sense that in the worship. You sense that in the heartbeat of this church. And so grateful, grateful, and uh, so glad to be here. Two years. Look what God has done in two years. Friendships and, and establishing a great church right here, reaching people. And so just grateful, grateful. You know, our family loves the Lairds. We just love you guys. And our families. I brought a picture of our family. I never communicate without a picture of the family, uh, the Rizzo. There's a Rizzo. 
So, so, don't we look like a bunch of Italians right there? So, that's our family. That is my lovely wife. Uh, uh, well, that's, that's my son beside me. That's Dylan, and he was in Jason Youth Group, and and then that's my new son-in-law Trey. My, that's my daughter uh, McCall. They got married in October. And the problem is he's an Alabama football fan, and my daughter graduated from LSU. It is their first football season together, and we're already having to do some marriage navigating right now with football season. And then that's our baby. That's Isabella. She's at Alabama as a freshman going to college there. And then that's my lovely wife, uh, Delenn. We've been married. We'll be married 31 years this coming December. And so uh, that's my wife. Our family loves this family. And I, everywhere I go, I kind of make myself at home. I'm one of those kind of guys. I may show up at your house this afternoon. I get up in your refrigerator. I will use your toilet. I am not scared. And so I'm just one of those kind of guys, make myself at home, enjoy people. And I feel like we're home here. I feel like family. So again, we're grateful. Bring you greetings from Birmingham. We, we pastored in Baton Rouge for 20 years where we did relationship together. And then we relocated to Birmingham, Alabama. And now I get to travel. I've been in 85 churches in the last 22 months and all over the country seeing some of the great churches but there's just nothing like here and uh, so we're having a blast getting to plant churches already getting uh, so you're a part of that can I tell you something there are churches all over the country that know about Sozo because you're a model church. Uh, when, we, when we're talking to church planters, so we're planting churches this weekend in Idaho, in Oregon, uh, in North Carolina, uh, in Kansas, Texas, and Florida, uh, up in Ohio. And so those, all those church planters, they know about Sozo because of the leadership of your pastors, and they continue to give to church planters. A lot of times they're here. So there are churches all over the country that know about you, know about your generosity, uh, know about your, your, your heart for people. People. So I just want to thank you on behalf of 28 churches that we're going to plant this month. Thank you that you've said yes so that we can say yes to them. So when you're faithful in your tithe and offerings and you give uh, like you do, whether you go online or you give after service, the leadership takes a portion of that. And I'm, I get to be a part of that a little bit. I get to see the finances of this church and I can report to you that's a 100% integrity, uh, 100% doing all we can to be good stewards. And so I'm grateful to be a part of that along with another team. But there are pastors that would say thank you because you said yes to generosity we get to say yes to them so they can go plant a new church in a great community so we're having a blast doing that so thank you so much for being that kind of church uh, but I want to talk for a few minutes and come alongside of, of a two-year party a two-year anniversary I want to talk for a few minutes about the idea of a new outlook a new outlook so uh, let's all pray father we love you thank you for what you're doing Lord I thank you for this house and I thank you for the team and Thank you for family. And Lord, thank you that we could be here and you could help us take next steps and all these kind of things to learn and grow. So we love you so much. Lord, thank you for our time of worship. And God, we give you glory for two years, lifting up the name of Jesus, loving people for the cause of Christ. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you for this team. And Lord, thank you for this amazing space. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. I'm going to read a scripture out of Isaiah, and then we'll roll over to, to the book of Matthew. I, I love the Gospels, but I love sometimes finding those scriptures in the Old Testament that pair well with uh, some of the things that Jesus uh, taught us. And one of those is in Isaiah. And I love this because 
Uh, Israel is in a tough time. They're in a divided time. Uh, they are in a time where things are not going well. And in the, in, to, the, to, the, to the normal, it looks like that uh, things are going bad and they're going to be bad for a while. And we don't know how this thing's going to turn around. I don't know if you've ever been in a season of your life that you almost felt like now is forever. I'm not sure if this thing can turn around. I don't know how he's going to fix this marriage. I don't know how he's going to help me with my finances. I don't know how this physical condition will ever turn around. Well, Israel as a nation is in that situation. Their outlook does not look look good. And, and God comes along at the end of the book of Isaiah and says something different to them that almost looks opposite of what they're looking at, what they're experiencing and what they're seeing. And here's how it tells us in Isaiah 55. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So he says, first off, the way you think and the way I think are differently. Your ways are different than my ways. He just sets that in place. Says, so, so let me say something to you that's going to be different than the way that you're thinking and the way that you're seeing. Because how many knows God sees further and God sees more than we see? We, we normally see the, the frame that we're in, but God sees the whole strip of the movie. He sees the, all the different frames that make up our life. We can see this take place. It says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. And then he gives us illustration. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth, I like that, and, and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that comes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. He says, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So no matter what's going on, I could, God is saying to us that my word is going to be accomplished. And that my purpose are going, they're going to happen. And it, it's just going to happen. Then he finishes up and says, you go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. And I love this verse right here, verse 13. Instead of the thorn bush will grow a Jupiter. And instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. And this will be for the Lord's renown. He says, so I know you're seeing a lot of thorn bush and I know that when you look around, there's famine and there's problems and there's pain and there's peril and it doesn't look like anything is coming up into your life and it looks like your life is dry and, and the outlook of your life looks barren. But as my word goes forward, uh, he says, I, I'm going to give you a promise. Instead of the thorn bush, you will flourish. And instead, what is it? instead of the briars, instead of those sticky places and those hard places and those things that will poke you and those things that will come against you, I'm going to bless you and, I'm, and the myrtle will grow even though what you're looking at looks like nothing is growing. How can God say that? Because God has a different outlook than we have. And I think life is about so much of your outlook. I think so much of our family or our blended family or being single or single again or whatever our relationship dynamic is, so much of life as it relates to our future, kind of how we're sorting through things, so much of it has to do with an outlook. 
See, God says, I, I see things differently. I see what's truly happening, things you don't even see. I have a different angle. I have a different viewpoint. Uh, I have a different vantage point than you have. I see through a different lens than you see. And we understand it because we do this. I know uh, it, it's the married person who says to the single person, oh, when you'll meet that one, you'll just know. I'm about to punch you in the face. I do not know. <laughs> you ever had somebody tell you something and you don't know it, but they act like it's so easy? It's like they've been through the battle. You're just entering the battle and they're acting like the battle's no big deal. Oh, you'll get through that. No, I'm not. You know, it's just like they just say it so, so easy. They just say it so casual. It's like, oh, yeah, I went through that too. Yeah, I lost my job and I had to relocate. And, you know, I went through those couple years. But, you know, it's so awesome now. And you're just now at the beginning of it. See, you're at step one. They're at step 15. So it's easy for someone at step 15 to have what? A different vantage point. I do it all the time with my kids. I love doing it with my kids. I love looking at them and saying, hey, 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 listen, I've been 23. You ain't never, you ain't been 55. Sit down. I love that conversation. I do it all the time. I have a different vantage point. I have lived through the 23-year-olds. I, I have lived through 25. I've been a freshman in college, so I know what that's like. I, I've walked, I know the world is different and dynamics are different, but I, well, I have a different angle than my daughter has as a freshman because I was once a freshman. Life works that way. So if we do that and um, we experience that and things that we have experienced we learn from, we see differently than someone who has not experienced it. Could not God see further and bigger than we see? I mean, if we do it, God could do it. And that's what is the, the premise and, and the idea of Isaiah 55, that he wants to give us a new outlook, that God says, I can give you a new outlook. I have a different outlook than you have about church and about your family and about your future and about what I'm doing in the world today. I have a different perspective. Uh, I have a different angle. You're seeing from one angle. I'm seeing from another angle. You, you're seeing one side of it, but I'm seeing all 360, all sides of it. You're only seeing about 180 of it. I'm seeing the full circle of what's happening in your life and what's going on in the world today. And I have a different vantage point. I have a, a different outlook. And I wrote down three things about outlook, about God's outlook. I want to encourage you with them. Here's the first thing. God's outlook, or another word for outlook, is scope. God's scope of things sees beyond our yesterdays and our todays. So often that's all we see. Our outlook is our yesterdays and our today. And, and, and God says, no, I have an outlook that sees beyond your yesterdays and our todays. Why? And, and so sometimes we go through things and, and we, we just get stuck in that and we forget that we're serving a good, good father. And a good, good father that says, hey, listen, I know what you've been through. I know what you're in, but I'm a good, good father. Now it's not forever, and I have a different outlook. And instead of this coming up, I, I know that this is going to come up in your life. How many has ever gone through a bad season, and when you look back at it, you saw something good come out of it? Oh, how many's ever walked through a problem or a storm? You didn't like the storm, but on the other side of the storm, you were able to extract a lesson that now is a blessing in your life. 
Or how about this? It's now a blessing to somebody else. How many's ever been through something you couldn't stand, but on the other side of it, you're sitting having coffee and you're referencing to it like it was okay? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Where, where uh, you know, rewind 18 months, rewind 24 months, and you were like, I can't stand this. I hate this season. I don't like this season. I don't want to live through this. I don't want to deal with this. Then all of a sudden, 24 months, you're like, yeah, I wrote a poem about that season. <laughs> Brother got a poem now. God's outlook sees beyond our yesterdays and our todays. Here's the other thing. God's outlook, or another word for outlook, is, is his slant or his bent, sees exactly all of our surroundings. He knows where we're at. And I love that the Bible says he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. I love how he knows exactly our surroundings. I, know exa- I love how he sees further than we see. It's amazing to me that, you know, that, that God's, God saw all this before it even happened. I mean, when Pastor Jason and Jennifer just talking about it, and, and, we're, and, and, and six years ago, what's it going to look like, and, and, and what's going to happen, and, and, and how's it going to come together, and God Almighty saw us sitting here, and, 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 and he saw you in this room, and he saw you in, in your life, and many of you that serve, or many of you that are going to be serving uh, when, we, when we celebrate three years, and we celebrate four years, and maybe you're just attending, or maybe you just started coming to Sozo the last uh, couple months, but at year three or year four, all of a sudden, you're now walking in your expression, you're now making a difference, and you're now a part of, of what God is building, why? Because he sees, he sees all of our surroundings and he sees everything that's going on in our life. And he's good at picking up the pieces and putting things back together again. It's just how our God does in our life. And then the third thing about God's outlook that I think is, is, is important, God's outlook or God's frame of reference uh, can transform our perspective and our purpose. And I think that's big today. I think God wants to transform our perspective and our purpose. Uh, yesterday, I got to hang out in the city, and then uh, we were going to go through the city, and we're heading out to uh, where some of the team lives, uh, going across the Golden Gate Bridge, going to go into that area, and as we were turning, uh, I, there, there wasn't no bridge. The bridge was gone yesterday. It was done by fog. I couldn't see the bridge. And so as we made turns and heading around and heading over there, and had no bridge. Now, w- w- how crazy it would be to stop the car. The bridge is missing. <laughs> not, not doing, don't keep, stop driving. Well, y'all would have thought I was crazy. If I just stopped, we're not, we're not, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go where I can't see. Lord have mercy. And sometimes in our life, the fog rolls in, and, 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 and we want to stop the card, and, and we want to quit. But, but, but hey, guess what? I had a, somebody else in the car had a perspective that I didn't have and said, oh, this happens from time to time. I can promise you the bridge is still open. It's still there. It's not disappeared. It's right. So as we kept driving, guess what? Think about it. Even though I could not see it, oh, I'm about to preach like I'm in Mississippi right now. Y'all were singing like y'all in Mississippi. I don't know why I said Mississippi for. 
<laughs> I like Mississippi. <laughs> and, but I think about it, as I was driving, guess what happened? Even in the fog, the bridge kept unfolding in front of me. Next thing I know, I'm across the bridge. Guess what happened? About two-thirds across the bridge, all of a sudden, I saw blue sky. And from the other side, I had a different angle of the bridge than I had from the beginning of the bridge. That's life. So God gives us a different perspective from the different sides. And then we're able to keep moving forward in our purpose. God has given this church a purpose. And as we keep moving forward, God's going to keep unfolding that purpose as we make a difference here. We launch another campus in another community as we expand here in this outreach. Or we launch in this small group. And as we take the generosity that God has blessed us with and God has been good to us with. And all of a sudden we help people that are less fortunate in their situation. So God's outlook is always about giving us another frame of reference uh, and, and transforming our perspective and transforming our purpose. There's a great story of this, and I'll, I'll read this little quick story too. I love, I love windows in the life of Christ, and I'll land the plane with this window into the life of Christ. It's in Matthew, and, and Jesus does this with his disciples. It's a pretty interesting story. It's, it's, around, the, it's around the story where Jesus feeds the multitudes. And, and, and that is an incredible story. And, and, and Jesus is somewhere. He's there for three days. He's healing people for three days. He's helping people for three days. He's giving hope for three days. And at the end of the three days, he has an idea. He has another outlook. He has a perspective. He has another frame of reference about what's going on. And he sees something further, and he sees something bigger, and he sees something deeper. And he has this conversation with his disciples that I think is just so classic. And he says this, Jesus called his disciples. They've been there three days healing people and helping people. Jesus called his disciples to himself, to him, and he says, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for they may collapse on the way. So we've been here having meetings, and the people have been here. They've not gone home. They've been faithful. They've been serving. Uh, they've been bringing their friends. They've been reaching out to their neighbors. They've been bringing others here to experience what they've experienced, and, 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 and it's just been amazing. But there's just this one thing that is happening. I don't want to send them back on that road. I don't want to send them back home because they, they didn't bring enough snacks, and they didn't have enough Twizzlers, and they didn't have enough Capri Suns, and they didn't have enough you know organic little squirt baby food, just didn't have enough of the green beans that are liquefied. Just didn't have enough of all that. So now they're all hungry. And he just says that to his disciples. And I love what happened. Look at this exchange. Well, the disciples answered and said, well, where could we get enough bread in this, let me remind you, remote place to feed such a crowd? Look around, Jesus. Ain't no safe way. Do you see something? You see a Costco? You see, you see anything right here? Ain't nothing right here. So I'm, I need to remind you that your outlook is incorrect about what you want to do. Because you don't understand, oh, come on, somebody, the place that we're at. Look what he says. He says, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, how many loaves do you have? So, he, he, so with a question, he brings a question. How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied. He didn't ask them about fish, but they added in a few small, double emphasis, a few small, few small, very few, very small, very many. It's a, they're minis. 
and they're petites. They're little baby Swedish fish. Didn't even get the big ones. Don't even have the big ones. They're mini M&Ms. Didn't even get the big pack. Got the mini pack. Everything's mini, very small, very minute. Isn't it amazing that we, we remind God of how few and how small we have? He didn't ask anything about that. And so I think Jesus has a sense of humor. He says, well, tell the crowd to sit down on the ground. That he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them, gave them to the disciples, and in turn to the people. And I love these three words. They all ate. They all ate. Isn't it amazing the perspective and the outlook that Jesus has with even the small things that we tend to remind him that we have? And it's amazing how God can take what we have, bless it, break it, and then, and then distribute it and relay it to make a difference. And you know what's interesting to me about that? I don't know when power hit. I don't know where supernatural miracle hit. But the Bible tells us that there were thousands fed. Most scholars believe that there were fifteen to 20,000 people that were fed from a handful of bread. And let me remind you, a very few small Many little tiny, little teeny, little barely can see fish. And thousands were fed. God has a different outlook than we have. God sees things that we don't see. I believe he sees it about this church. I believe he sees it about your gift. I believe he sees it about your life. I believe he sees it about your pain. I believe he sees it about your battle. I believe he sees it about your journey. I believe he sees it about what you've walked through, your timeline, your struggle, your success, your victories, your losses, your resource, your talent, your time, your treasure. I just believe God sees all those things. And he sees it all, and he says, put it in my hand, because I've got a different outlook when it's in my hand than when it stays in your hand. That's why, that's why we're quick to surrender and release what we have. That's why we're faithful in our giving. That's why we're faithful with our resource. That's why we're people that believe in the tithe and believe in being generous. Why? Because God makes so much more of our lives in his hands than we will in our own hands, because he has a greater outlook. So God, help us to have your outlook as a church and as a people for what you want to do. So if we relay what we have, God can reach all kinds of people. Can I have a good amen? amen. I, believe that, I, I believe that's what he wants to do with this church. I believe that's what he wants to do uh, with your life. I'll finish up with this, um, a little thought, because I thought about this. When uh, we started our church uh, in 1993... That was a long time ago. We launched a church in Louisiana, pastor for 20 years. And so we started our little church with 12 people, just a handful of people, me and my wife. And, uh, and we started with 12 people. I, I, so we started on a Wednesday night in December. Bad idea. We tell everybody, don't do that. And so we started on a Wednesday night in December, and I was a fast preacher. I was, used to be in a youth, and I'd have some speech challenges when I was growing up. So you think I preach fast, and sometimes I short my words down. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I preached my whole message in 10 minutes and have five pages of notes. And then what do you do after you preach a message and you've got 30 minutes of time and you preach it 10 minutes? You just re-preach it two more times. 
12 people on our launch Wednesday night. Five people informed me the next couple days. They could not go along with the journey. They would have to take Dramamine every Sunday they came. They get motion sickness. I can remember as a church, we just, we just didn't have much. We had bad facilities. Hey, acapella worship. You know how hard it is to get your worship on? With no instruments. And the first musician we got was a saxophone player. Felt like Kenny G was leading worship every Sunday morning. Just all of a sudden I see people slow dancing. Say, like, no, 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 we worship it. Why are you slow jamming for? Kenny G leading worship. We had nothing. My, me and my wife were sitting around one day and said, what, what do we have? We have nothing. We have nothing. She said, well, we can love people. Let's try to do that. We started loving people through outreach, and some were terrible ideas. <laughs> we tried. We just trying to reach people. Just trying to do something as just our little small fish, our little few, our little mini, just in the hands of God. So we would, it, it, we were in Louisiana, it gets hot in Louisiana, hot, hot in Louisiana. So we went, we, we had an idea, let's go, we saw another church, let's go out and give out some water and some Cokes and just a little basic idea. Went to a red light by our church, it was a cross section, it was very busy and in the afternoons and sometimes we get run off by the police and we, we sometimes we'd come back and sometimes they'd be okay with us out there. We just trying to, just trying to connect with people. We put signs up, free Cokes, free water, just trying to do something. Just all, that's all we had. We didn't have much. A few ice chests, a little bit of ice. You know, spent $30, $40. And I remember one time we were there and we were giving out Cokes and we had worked all day long. We'd, we'd, I think we'd, somebody had donated some, so we had a lot that day. And we worked late into the afternoon. And my wife and I and about four five uh, college students were there. We were at the church cleaning out uh, by, by the trailers. And Come on. Tra- ain't nothing like a trailer park church in Louisiana. We was trying to have church by the trailers. And, you know, we, we out there washing out the ice chairs, just doing our best to love people, care for people. And, and an old truck drives up. Lady gets out of it. Now, we in South Louisiana. She said, who's the preacher here? Because in the South, I'll call you preacher. And I was like, four college students and my wife. I guess, I guess I would be that at this point. But you haven't heard me preach yet, so that may be false advertisement. I'm not real sure that's what this is. She said, I, what are y'all doing? I said, I, you, y'all gave me some water. I said, we're just trying to help people. Just trying to. She says, we do, it. we do stuff like that. She was up from Macomb, Mississippi. She said, we do stuff like this every weekend. I said, well, what do you do? She said, uh, we get in the back of this truck, pull up at, at, a, at, a, at the Walmart by the Sonic, and I got a bullhorn, and I preach, tell everybody they're going to hell. Wow, how's that working for you? Where they all run away from me? And then we follow them around all night long to the next door. We find them at Sonic, and then we chase people all night long, tell them everybody they're going to hell, and they're wrong, and they're terrible. Wow, that's interesting. She says, but it's not working. Didn't think it was. And so she says, we want to try this. So I told her what to do. So about a month later, we're out there on a Friday, washing out ice chests. We ended up, the, you know, in August, we're about done. We're just trying to help people. Just taking what we had, putting it in, 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 in the hands of God. She pulls up, oh, beater truck, just beat up truck. Hey, preacher, I got to tell you something. She worked in Baton Rouge. She says, you're not going to believe this. She said, uh, we went and did one of these, one of these outreaches. I said, well, well, how'd it go? She said, good. I said, you leave the bullhorn in the truck? She said, I left the bullhorn in the truck. We just loved on people. Just talked to people. Just trying to be there for people. 
she says on, on at Sunday church, uh, we we small church, country church. She said we looked up and there was a, a, a mom and two daughters. Well, at the end of the service, they they took a next step. They they gave their life to Christ. And we said, what, what made you come here? We, we, how did you find out about church? She said, you gave us some, something free. You, you gave us some water and some Cokes the other Friday night at the Walmart. Wow. And they, got, they connected with them. Well, the, they had Sunday night church in, in that community. Sunday night church, mom comes with two daughters, had the daddy with them. At the end of it, he takes the next step. He prays to receive Christ. And they connect. Matter of fact, they, get, they, they do an impromptu baptism. Come on, how many know sometimes you just got to wait up in the water? He just wait up in the water, got baptized that night, and family connected. It was just an awesome night. And the, 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 the dad said, um, I had to come to a church. He hadn't been in church in 25 years. I got hurt in a church. He said, I had to come to a church that did something for my family for free and didn't ask for anything in return. So I had to come see it. That was on a Sunday night. That's what this lady told me. She said, on Tuesday when they went to wake up their dad, he was gone. He passed away, went to be with Jesus. And I'm not trying to be emotional or use theatrics or anything like that. I'm just telling you what she told me. We'll be verified. Said on Thursday, we did the funeral at their new church. I only been in the church a week. And we, we did a funeral at the end of the service. The mom and the two daughters walked up and placed four Coke cans on the casket and said, because you did something for us with no strings attached, their dad and my husband is in heaven. Don't you tell me God can't take our little and make an eternal difference with it because God has a different outlook. Hey, let's be those people and let's be that church. Can I have a good amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. and Lord, I thank you for what you're doing right here in this house. Thank you for these amazing people. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you for the time of worship. But maybe you're here today and Pastor Jason's going to come and help you take a next step. Maybe that next step is just to surrender your life to Jesus. Say, Lord, I am tired of trying to be in control. I'm tired of trying to be in control of my life. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Jason's going to give you that opportunity to take a next step. Maybe just like that dad where you just, man, I just, I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start in my life. Maybe you're here today. I want to encourage you to take that step in Jesus' name. But Father, I just pray right now over Sozo Church. Lord, I pray right now that you touch every heart. Thank you for what you've done in two short years. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you've, you've given them a bigger outlook. Lord, that you've, you've given them a bigger perspective. And that, Lord, I thank you, Father, that your word does not return void. That the promises that are over these families and the promises that are over every individual here, they stand yes and true. So, Father, we take what we have. We take the good, the bad, and the ugly. We take our lives and we offer them to you. And we, we pray that you would do more than we could ever do. Lord, thank you that we take our little, we take our lot, we take our successes, we take our bad days and our good days, and we hand them over to you. And we pray, Father, that you would bless them and relay them to make a difference, a greater difference in our life. Give us an eternal perspective.
And Lord, I, I just pray of what we, what we sang earlier. This right here, Zozo, is a move of God. And Lord, I pray that you move in every heart and every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Join us each week here on the podcast or live in San Francisco. Keep up with life at Sozo by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.